Hey, what's up, my friends? It's Devin, the host of the Huddle Wisdom podcast. You might hear that I'm nursing a bit of a cold tonight. Um, but no matter, I'm here <coughs> to bring you another exciting episode. Today, I'm going to talk about uh, how we make treasure out of poo-poo. You heard that right. Poo-poo. Stay tuned if you want to know more. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Devin. I'm a psychiatrist and the host of the Huddle Wisdom podcast. You know, raising emotionally sensitive kids, anxious kids, neurodiverse kids is not straightforward. If you are a parent and you're feeling like you're losing some confidence, or if you're a teacher struggling to connect with your students because they happen to be emotionally sensitive and it's hard to reach them, I will help you get the tools that you need to stay on track to ease those struggles and for you to survive and to thrive. So let's huddle. Today, I thought that I would bring to you something maybe a little bit out of left field. Um, it's interesting where, <clears throat> where the conversation goes when you meet with patients and, um, you know, no one day is the same. And um, no one session is the same. So, interesting turn of events today. Um, I'll explain more. So, <clears throat> in my clinic, I see um, kids and adults who struggle with uh, mood disorders and anxiety disorders. And it sounds like um, there's a whole range of different sorts of mood and anxiety disorders when you look at um, the diagnostic manual that we use, the DSM-5, and when experts talk about all manner of mood disorders and anxiety disorders, it seems overwhelming, right, to, make, to keep track of all of them. But really, <clears throat> it stems from very much the same sorts of problems that all humans have to grapple with. I'll try and be specific. Uh, so... Um, the reason I think we often experience despondency or hopelessness is because um, something in our futures has not turned out the way that we had anticipated, which leaves us feeling terrible about ourselves. Or... We may feel terrible about the perceptions that other people have about us. Or more correctly, we assume that people think the worst about us. And that can manifest in all manner of um, psychological problems. So... <clears throat> 
As I was talking about this with one of my patients today, we got onto the topic of poos and wees. I find poo drawings very funny, and so do my children. But every time they, um, you know, they laugh and squeal uh, whenever they joke about poos with um, my, uh, my parents or their, their grandparents, I always have to bite my tongue. My wife always has to jab me in, in the ribs with, with her elbows, uh, reminding me not to laugh so as not to inadvertently encourage my kids to continue joking about poos, but it's just so funny, and um, I really like it, which probably shows how immature I am. Um, but why am I talking about that? Well, this might seem like a segue of sorts, but you've heard it said before that uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Just like poo. Poo is funny to me and my kids, but it's not funny to someone else. Someone else might be mortified, um, you know, to, to hear uh, a joke about fecal matter, um, you know. And I don't blame them. It conjures up all kinds of uh, disturbing visuals, which <clears throat> I realize now I probably should have stuck on a trigger warning before I presented this episode to you. Sorry. But it's funny, right? Well, I think it is. Maybe it's not. Anyway, whatever the case, poos are poos. You can't change it, right? Poo is poo. That's just the reality. How we perceive something doesn't depend on the thing in itself. It depends on what we think about that thing. Just like trash. Trash is trash, but someone else might uh, perceive that trash as treasure. Doesn't change the fact or the reality that that piece of trash is trash. So, to extrapolate, <clears throat> that should give us some hope, because to me, it means that simply by changing how we think about our reality can affect the way that we feel about it. Um, so, uh, many people feel as though life, you know, is taking them for a ride. Life throws slings and arrows and curveballs and, you know, we fall into pits. We get sw swept up by uh, tornadoes. You know, life tosses us, tosses us around if we're unlucky. And people can feel like there's no control over life or what happens to them. 
our perceptions of our re reality can truly affect how we feel and think about our lives. Like I said before, it doesn't change reality itself. And that's just a fact of the matter. The only thing that we have control over is how we think about our reality. When, <clears throat> when we um, encounter a stimulus uh, in our lives, something in front of us, which we sense through our uh, sight, you know, hearing, touch, taste, um, I can't remember what the fifth sense is. What is it? Oh my gosh, just forgotten. Uh, anyway, we perceive stimulus, you know, through our five senses. And we, we sift through the information that, uh, that moves through our nervous system into our brains. And we filter that information out. And we sort the information. And then our brain does some mental gymnastics. And it spits out some uh, output. Which uh, may lead you to conclude that life is crap. Or it may lead you to conclude that life is amazing. But the stimulus itself... Uh, <clears throat> is the same whether the outcome is different or not sorry i'll say that again the stimulus stays the same but the outcome might change depending on what's going on in your brain and how you think about the stimulus the stressor or whatever else is in front of you in life whatever sling or arrow or curveball is being thrown at you how you interpret that affect how you perceive reality and how you feel about it on the uh, huddle wisdom blog i've posted a couple of videos there uh, where i talk about the various ways in which our, our brains can uh, play tricks on us um, so, our, you know, our minds automatically react to stuff in the world. And it happens so quickly that it feels like we've got no control over what's going on. But in truth, we do have control over our thought process. We just have to train ourselves to to slow down our own responses to stimulus so we're not taken for a ride so to speak um if we can slow down the automatic thought processes that that lead us to react to triggers in our world we can control our mood and emotions better but we first have to learn how to recognize what unhelpful thought patterns are at play. 
and I'll run through some of those with you today. And then when you have uh, got some familiarity with unhelpful thought forms, and you can spot them more easily, because they, um, then you'd be able to deal with them before they start to wreak havoc, wreak havoc on your emotions. So, <clears throat> uh, you know, these, these unhelpful thought forms can very much be like uh, what I describe as a Trojan horse. Uh, we really have to pay attention because sometimes these things can slip through without us really being aware of it. Um, but if we know what these thought forms look like and we can familiarize ourselves, acquaint ourselves with their form, we can then see them before they create problems for us. But we have to catch them before they get to the gates uh, so that we can handle them properly. Okay, so <clears throat> what are some of these thought forms that I'm talking about? So these are automatic, habitual thought patterns that get triggered when we encounter a stimulus in our world. And it's something that it's, is triggered repeatedly and um, ultimately makes us feel bad about the situation or it makes us feel bad about ourselves or it makes us feel bad about our futures. So some examples here. Okay. Um, so mind reading is a really common one. In other words, uh, assuming that you know what other people are thinking about you. And generally speaking, what they're thinking about you is negative or that's what you think. Um, you know, it's like telepathy. Of course, telepathy isn't real. I don't care what you say. It's not real. But we think or we feel that we know what someone else is thinking. Oh, that person thinks we are a jerk. Man, they must think I'm a dickhead. How do you know that? You don't know that. Sure, there may be some evidence to point in that direction that you could be a jerk, but there also might be a lot of evidence to suggest that that person doesn't think you're a jerk and that you've got it wrong. But mind reading is a really common thought form that gets triggered when we encounter some sort of stimulus. Um, and we have to watch out for mind reading. It's very common. It's just like what predicates road rage. Ooh, that guy just cut me off. He must think I'm, I'm a chicken or whatever. You know, he must, he must have a low opinion of me. That's why he cut me off. Ah, I feel so angry. The other one is uh, thinking that we can predict the future. And usually... We predict our futures in a negative light. So we think that the worst is going to happen. Can you predict the future? No, you can't. Y you think you, you might think you can, right? right? You, you might think you've got some, uh, some magical access to the heavens above that tells you that, you know, 
something uh, something really bad's going to happen to you in the future. Uh, no. No. No, no, no. The next one is uh, what I like to call red marking. Or stamp stamping out um, positives and accentuating the negatives. So <clears throat> think about when you're at school, you hand in an assignment and then the teacher uh, uh, gives you the assignment back with a lot of um, red marks. And the worst is when it says, you know, see me after class. It's horrible. It's horrible. Uh, <laughs> it's horrible to get something like that back from the teacher. Especially when you've, uh, if, well, okay, in my case, if I'm really honest with myself, I kind of deserved all the red marks that I got back in my school days. That still feels awful. <clears throat> Embarrassing. Um, but some people, because they're worried that uh, they're going to um, red mark, they're going to get red marks when they attempt to do something. Um, the fear of getting a red mark uh, leads them to avoid doing an activity. And so they then never get the chance to experience the shame of getting a red mark. So they avoid certain things, uh, certain activities. Um, you know, uh, sometimes we um, compare ourselves to other people using unrealistic standards. And you think about um, all the beautiful people on Instagram uh, and carefully curated um, profile pages, right? Uh, is that what you call them? Profile pages? Um, you know, the, when you open up someone's Instagram page, you see like a bunch of photos, sort of nine by nine. Um, looks very pretty. But, um, it, you know, it, in reality, it's uh, it's purpose, purposefully curated so that it maximizes um, and accentuates the person's positive attributes. Um, and even sometimes it's, uh, it, it's, it's embellished, you know, with technology, make your face look more beautiful with these apps that you can use to, you know, make your skin look a bit more dewy, um, the lighting much more uh, forgiving, right? All these things that people do to manipulate how they come across on social media. But, <clears throat> you know, it's very easy to compare ourselves to uh, using unrealistic standards. It's just, it's just a human thing. We do this a lot to ourselves. Um, the other one is uh, dwelling on the past, you know, and discounting ourselves and our achievements. Really common. Second-guessing ourselves. One of the most common ones is using our emotions to make decisions. Sometimes you do have to rely on your gut. But, um, you know, heuristics is interesting. Uh, you know, it really only works when you already have some degree of competency in, you know, a, a certain field, you know, where you've had some experience. Um, gut emotions when you're doing something that 
you have no expertise in is 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 just is just going to be hugely problematic um for you and for other people working with you uh but like i said before using your emotions to um uh to form a view about reality is fine but you have to realize that that perspective of reality on the basis of your emotions is going to be distorted emotions can lie to us okay um we also have to use our brain to think and not just our emotion we have we have to use both okay if you want to find out more about these unhelpful thought forms jump on the blog uh, go to huddlewisdom.com forward slash blog and forward slash poo to get the uh, the down low, <laughs> so to speak. Um, and you'll get access to those two videos I mentioned before and also plug you in with a couple of handy free resources to help you and your anxious kids master their emotions. Free! Go and do it. Just give me an email and I'll send that to you right away. Okay, so how do we tackle unhelpful thought forms? Well, I have a really simple 10-step um, uh, process. And if you want it, you just go to the blog. But I'll very quickly just reiterate it here. Okay, when you're feeling bad, I want you to write down. Yes, write down or record how you're feeling and then I want you to rate your feeling sorry I want you to rate the intensity of that feeling from 0 to 10 10 being the most intense 0 being you know the least intense uh, and then I want you to think about what triggered that feeling what did you say to yourself at the time that that feeling was triggered and then I want you to try and figure out what unhelpful thought form came to you do they resemble any of those unhelpful thought forms that I mentioned earlier? Watch the video um, if you want a little bit of a refresher. And then I want you to think about the evidence for and against that thought. Uh, think about what would someone say to you if they disagreed with you? You know, someone that you respect. What would they say to you? Someone that you think is credible. Uh, what? Um, and then... I want you to reconsider the situation that triggered that feeling without the unhelpful thought form at play. And then write down your thoughts and feelings again, and then rate the intensity of your feelings again after that exercise. Keep repeating it. Keep repeating that exercise. And you might discover a lowering of the intensity of your original feelings. Let me know how you get on. Uh, you have to practice it every day, though. That's that's the thing. You have to, you know, in order for it to work, you actually have to put in some work. It goes without saying, practice makes perfect. But I do have to say it. Practice makes perfect because you you know it does. So you have to keep keep practicing it. And I encourage you to just do it once a day, maybe one or two minutes a day. Just practice it, and keep practicing it every day. It becomes habitual and becomes automatic. Before you know it, you're starting to do it without thinking. 
and you might find that life doesn't toss you around so much anymore. Right, well, good luck with that, my friends. I hope you find that helpful. My name's Devin, I'm a psychiatrist, the host of the Huddle Wisdom Podcast, and I will see you next week. But before I sign off, hey, just letting you know that the uh, audio course, The Practice of Empathic Discipline, is available. Um, nine keys to supporting your kids' emotional development. If you want to become the positive influence in your kids' or students' life, I encourage you to take a look at it. Um, I'll show you the steps you need in order to become the parent or the teacher that you want to be. Stop feeling so lost. Stop feeling so lost. Come check it out. Um, I've got my uh, 100% happiness guarantee slapped onto it, so if you're not happy with it, just let me know and I'll give you your money back. But there's also lifetime access, which I've just opened up. So, um, you know, uh, if you have um, things that you want me to answer, just interact with me on the course platform. And um, yeah, we will make it better. Okay, that's me. I will find you next week, or you can find me next week. Cheers.